one single simulcast. Watching Law and Order and working on a blog post. You know what? I think every black woman in the world watches Law and Order, and I am being approached by one right now. And I lie. I love Law and Order. The problem is, every time they come on, it makes me realize how much TV I watch, because I think I've seen every episode of that show. And I, I, I always have thought that I've seen every episode, and then something pops up with Ice Cube on it. I'm like, wait, I ain't seen that one. I think I clocked out right when Ice Cube got in there, because my rule You mean Ice-T? Yeah, sorry, Ice-T, the Ices. <laughs> the brothers Isis. Um, my rule is that any cop show that Ice T is on immediately loses credibility because before Ice T was a cop, he was the original gangster. So him playing a cop to me just continuously blows my mind. Isn't it amazing? And I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Isn't it amazing the turnaround that people like Ice T and Ice Cube have made over the course of the Because if you'd have told me 20 years ago, Ice-T would be playing a cop on TV. I'd be like, you're crazy. Not only that, bro, bro, check this out. Check this out. Not even, not only is Ice-T going to be playing a a cop, Ice-Q going to be playing a family man driving a (laughs) minivan called Are We There Yet? Bruh. (laughs) I would have lost every dime I had because I would have bet long money on that years ago. Who you telling? Ice-Q, the angry nigga with the curl? Nah. Nah. The nigga with the hat? No. (laughs) <laughs> and and Ice T the the one with the, the 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 big the one the one on the box no 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 way and nobody says they sold out <laughs> that's true wow I've never yeah you're right I mean we t- we say people sell out because they stop eating McDonald's and start eating Burger King oh that nigga's a sellout look at him look at Michael Jordan he he he's selling shoes and he in the neighborhood and and he giving money to prisons which isn't real by the way ladies and gentlemen but still he a sellout Ice Cube and Ice T took everything that they ever talked about on any song they ever put out and completely flipped it. And we don't say a thing. No. And it's crazy. I listen to Ice T's podcast and he is just, I don't know. He's just, let him tell it. He's still that dude, but now white people love him. So, (laughs) you know what? I stopped believing Ice T around the time when he hopped on Twitter talking about how raw he was in Call of Duty. And how everybody should follow him on YouTube to see his exploits on Call of Duty as he gets this care package and blah, blah, blah. This is what you're doing now? You you went from an OG original gangster to a mercenary? For real? You out there now getting the helicopters and stuff? Now forget you, Ice. You, you getting stuff I can't even get. You sending out the dogs on people talking about your name is Final Level. I can't even get to Level 3. Forget you, Ice. I, I mean, really, I shouldn't dislike Ice Cube. Or Ice T, I keep doing it. I shouldn't dislike Ice T the way I do, but it's because me growing up, he was the box. Like between him, Luke, and let's be honest, Vanilla Ice, <laughs> um, 
the 69 boys. Uh, to this day, and said they went bobbing their head to Ice Ice Baby. Man, you full of spit. Everybody, I know every word to that song. Almost. No, you play it. I bet you if you play it, you can recite that whole song. Man, hold on. I got it on my Spotify. <laughs> I have no qualms. Like, as I got older, I became more and more of a dad. Like, seriously. I am in full-on dad mode to where I will bump Ice Ice Baby and my kids will be in the background like, what is this? And I'm like, you ain't know? Yeah. Like, I, I was telling my wife the other day, I literally turned into my parents. I remember my parents like, what the hell is an ice cube? Why do you like this? And now this stuff that comes on the radio, now I'm telling my kids like, what is this crap? What is this nene? What is, what is this Quan you guys are doing? Uh, God, I sound so old nowadays. Yeah, my kids, um, the thing is, not because I also coach youth basketball, um, I'm constantly, like, dealing with the new dance and stuff. Like, the kids will make a three-pointer and just stop and do the quan or the nay-nay or the whip. And the only way to make it not cool anymore is if I do it. So now not only have I um, started to do it in, like, the worst opportunities, but I also am using their dances to teach them how to play basketball. I'm like that that Spanish uh, uh, calculus teacher on stand and deliver. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know how to do the whip, right? How you step and you step to the other foot and you punch the foot, punch your fist out, and that's how you do the whip, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what else that is? They're like, what? I'm like, that's the Euro step. So when you're coming around the opponent, you step to this side and then you hop to this side and then you do a layup. Boom! And they're like, you ruined our dance. And I'm like, I know I did, children. Please move on. You know how to do the defense? You know how to get in the defensive slide? You know what the defensive stance is? No, coach, we don't. Well, have you ever seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. You know the one from the 70s? Yeah, coach, the one where Bill Wonka murders everybody. You know the one where um, the Oompa Loompas are in there dancing and they're doing Oompa Loompa doopity doo. They're like, yeah, I love them. They're shorter than me. Well, that part where they jump up in the air and say, I got another puzzle for you. And then they reach their hands out real wide and they just go side to side in their little midget cells. That's a defensive stance. You are one hell of a coach, sir. (laughs) And they are like, you are ruining my everything right now, coach. I'm surprised those kids even know the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory because I hear most kids talking about the new one, which was garbage in my opinion. No, sir. The new one was great because Johnny Depp gave no dams. I like Johnny Depp, but I prefer the original way I, over. I can't because, and I, you know, I spoke on this on the show before, but on the original one, they had stuff that just, when you get older, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why have that fan that dices people up at the top of the floaty uh, burpy bubble room. Why have that? It was an exhaust fan, wasn't it? <laughs> For what? Niggas ain't farting. What? Why do they need exhaust? They ain't no smoke in that room. It was bubbles. And you float up and you get chopped up at the top. Bill Wonka in that first one, he was a murderer, dude. In the second one, though, Willy Wonka was Michael Jackson. That's what Johnny Depp was trying to be. You could tell that he was trying to channel somebody. Like, I'm not saying Michael Jackson like a child touch or anything like that because Michael didn't get down like that. I'm saying Michael Jackson like just like a child at heart, you know. And he was just so snarky and sarcastic and just awesome. 
when he was like, you can eat anything in this room, children, even the grass, but you can't eat me because that's cannibalism. It's illegal in 49 states. That's just yes. Do you, do you really think Michael Jackson was sarcastic like this? I, I think he is. I think he was. I think that Michael used to sit back and get high and just talk shit about all his family. <laughs> I think Michael used to get on, on uh, get on like that, the pills he was taking and get on YouTube real quick and type in Randy and be like, I'm looking for your videos, Randy. Oh, they still didn't pop up. Okay, Tito, I'm going to look for you now, brother. Oh, your videos are linked under my name. <laughs> oh, I'm going to look for you now, Reby. Oh, Centipede is still there, girl. You still doing it? Let me leave a comment. Love you, sis. Check out this video. And it's going to be Billie Jean. I just imagine Michael Jackson used to troll people. Like on the low low. I can't prove it. And I, I, I think that he used to be like, hey, Janet. Let's look at the video of yours and see which one got the most hits. Oh, is it Scream? Is that the one you had with me? <laughs> I wonder if he asked Jermaine, what is that shit that's in Jermaine's hair? <laughs> I bet every time he talked to Jermaine and pissed Jermaine off, he ended off every conversation with, don't take it personal. <laughs> Walked off. <laughs> hey, Jermaine. What happened to your music career? Don't take it personal. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> hey, that song was jamming back in the day. My dad bought that CD, and we are bought that tape. And by the end of the week, we were just rewinding back to that same ass song over and over again. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. That song was hard, though. Take the bitter with the sweet. Easy come, easy goes with Jermaine Total. Man. Still want to know what he slicks his hair down with, though. Well, blubber. <laughs> I'm saying. But Michael Jackson, I just know, I know that he had to have gotten fed up with having to carry the whole family. And so he just was talking trash on the low and not even on the low that much. You know it. You know he was. Like, oh man, here come this nigga. Here come this nigga Latoya again. She's about to ask me for something. This bitch. Look at this. Bitch threw me under the bus with telling motherfuckers I lighted my skin. Man, now she's gonna ask me for a dollar. <laughs> what? What? friends where the fuck she can find it. What? What? What you want, Latoya? Oh, Michael, I'll just come and see if I can get another $5,000 from you so I can get this new dress that I saw down the street. Shh. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. I bet you if Michael was old, was around right now, he'd be old and sullen, just mad as hell. His kids would be running him up a wall. Uh, Blanket would be like, Daddy, remember when you tried to dangle me off a, off a balcony? And you wonder why we ain't got a good relationship. <laughs> Michael would be bald headed by now looking like Dr. Evil and shit. Oh man. We love you, Michael. We do. Rest in peace. You got out before it got bad, cause your family, I you know what? I have not heard anything from that family in like two years. They still tour together. I get on Ticketmaster every now and then. You'll see where they get together and they still tour. Why? 
I don't know who's going to see them, but obviously they must have somewhat of a lightweight following because they they do they do a few tours every now and then. Them doing the tours like me doing the tour, it's a good idea in your head. <laughs> but you ain't got that kind of love in the streets, dog. Don't nobody want to see you unless you got a hologram of Michael Jackson. <laughs> Unless you got a hologram of Michael Jackson or you're giving out holographic cards of Michael Jackson, just something with Michael on it. Nigga, get out here to anthology. Unless you're doing that, I don't want to see Jermaine singing. Because you know Jermaine was always jealous of Michael. Like, there's, there's really no secret. He was older than Michael, too. Like, this little motherfucker. Mm-hmm. All the goddamn credit. Exactly. So, you know, now that he's dead, they still do Jackson 5 songs and Jermaine tries to sing Michael's parts. Serious question. Besides, okay, we all know Michael was at the top. Mm-hmm. List the relevancy of the rest of the Jackson Five under Michael. Who's oh, under? God, Michael? I was hoping you were gonna say the Jacksons. At least then I could have said Janet. Um, no, 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 no. We're talking about the Jackson brothers. Okay, fine. <laughs> this is not fair. Okay, you know what? In all honesty, you have to put Jermaine right under Michael because he's the only other one who ever had a hit. Um, then after that, you got to put Tito because he's the only other one who had a hit of cocaine. So, um, <laughs> let's see. It was Michael, Jermaine, Randy, Tito, and Marlon. You got to put Marlon at the bottom because really, nigga, your name is Marlon. For real. And you ain't got no money. You just that nigga in the back wearing bell bottoms with an afro with a hat to the side. And it's 1995, nigga. I'm just saying. Marlon, because um, Marlon didn't hit the group until after Michael left, I believe. Because they always said Marlon was too young to be a part of the original Jackson Five, which is messed though. Because they started when they were like six or seven. Yeah. So Marlon came on after Michael left, and I don't know if he was supposed to be a replacement for Michael, but nigga, it didn't work out. Man, without Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five is another bad creation. Now, get off my phone. Get. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just—I'm always amused at how we all still talk in bits and pieces. We all still talk about crisscross, and in bits and pieces, you know, we'll talk about—we'll uh, definitely talk about new edition. But nobody ever mentions another bad creation like they just fell off the block. Well, I paid homage to another bad creation about ten shows ago. My wife looked at me like I was crazy. I enjoy now. Aisha, come on now, that song was so damn catchy. See, here's the thing about Aisha. You know, that date night should have never worked out. Never. Cereal. We ate cereal. We played Nintendo. This is your very first date. You didn't want to make it seem too fly. Nigga, you're supposed to go all out on that first date. We ate Cheerios. You know what? And you knew she wasn't feeling him because she was like, he, she couldn't stay out that late. Her mama told her to be home. Did she say nine or five? I can never get that part. Nine, but their, their asses was ten. First of all, her little ass wouldn't have been out of my house at no nine a damn clock. Very Playing true. Nintendo, no little nappy-headed boy. Exactly. Where are you it's, going? Oh, I'm going to play Nintendo. You ain't touching no joystick. Get your ass in this house. <laughs> First of all, back then, we weren't even allowed to play video games unless it was on the weekend. True, true, true. Secondly, my mama wasn't going to let me let nobody inside my house. 
girl or boy. Exactly. I had to beg to have somebody over at the house to play video games. One day, I remember... <laughs> This is how bad I was. I ain't even going to front. I was straight up addicted to video games when I was a kid, which helped me out as an adult because I was able to buy my own drugs, and now i got a house full of video games. Um, I remember I was walking home. We lived in an apartment complex out here, and I was walking through the apartment complex, and I was looking down at the ground because why not? And I was like seven, and I found $50 on the ground. Yeah, seven-year-old finds $50 on the ground, and I picked it up, and I ran home, and I was like, Mom, 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 I found $50 on the ground. This must be my lucky day. Can I go over to George's house to play video games? That was the whole thing. Like, I gave my mom the 50 bucks. No fucks for the 50 bucks. <laughs> and said, can I go play video games? So now that I think about it, I literally paid my mom $50 that I found on the ground to go play video games at this white kid's house down the block because he had Karnoff on the Nintendo. Your mother was better than mine because I found $25 one day, ran home and told my mother, and she took it from me and said, no, I found $25. <laughs> That's like when your that's like when your grandma give you a hundred bucks for Christmas and your mom's like, we're gonna put it in the bank for you, baby. <laughs> I know my mom probably owed me about two thousand dollars. Who you telling? Mom's was like, I'm gonna start up a savings account for you. Then mom, you asked her about a years later, your ass ate, didn't you? You needed clothes, like, um, you would have to buy those anyway, right? Hey, you you know that that savings account that you made for me back when I was eight years old? I was doing the numbers on it and, and with interest and everything. I should be a, a cool hundred thousand there right now, Mama. Where my money at? Oh, oh, baby, um, <laughs> that savings account we were talking about. Remember all them times that I could have beat your ass to death? <laughs> That's your savings right there. <laughs> Single Simulcast episode 192, y'all. We in the building with Mike from Something in Common and My Truth, straight no chaser. Mike, Michael, man, tell us something about yourself. Tell us something about your show. As always, the floor is yours. <laughs> well, Something in Common is a show that I do with my lovely wife, Kimberly Nicole. And on that show, we just try to have a good time. We're talking everything from politics to news to crazy stories anything going on in the world we're discussing it um we record every monday the show's out every monday um the website is www.somethingincommon and that's s-o-m-e-t-h-i-n i-n-c-o-m-m-o-n common um just a a a, a fun show we do man just kind of like me and the wife laying in the bed pillow talking most of the night but we have a good time, and uh, again, I appreciate you for having me on, sir. Man, it's nothing to a champion. I've been trying to get you on all summer long, but then I just stopped doing shows. <laughs> like, I had this whole list lined up, and then I just was like, fuck this shit, and I just stopped doing shows. So, it's great to have you back. Um, You know what? I am going to go ahead and just slide it on over to Fat Man Wild. Go for it. Play the beats. We'll be right back. This single simulcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Michael Wright from the My Truth Podcast, which you can find on iTunes and Stitcher. Or check the website out, www.mytruthstraighttalk.com. And I'm here with your boy Rashani on the Single Simulcast Podcast. Check him out. The nigga still ain't shit, though.
single single simulcast episode 192 fat man michael rashani um we're in the building 916-572-9016 that's what happens when you don't say your voicemail number enough you start to forget that shit um single simulcast at gmail.com is the email address single simulcast.com is still the movement uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Rashani R A S H A N I I. You can hit us up at Single Simulcast on Twitter and on Facebook. You can hit us up on singlesimulcast.com or you can hit us up on Single Simulcast. If you hit us up at singlesimulcast.com on Facebook, it'll probably take you there too. And it might just take you back to the website or the way that this world is working. It might take you to a porn site, which is not my fault. I was as shocked as y'all to find out that it was there and I was um, shocked the ninth time that I went back and looked um, just to make sure it was still there I wasn't jerking off the twelfth time I went back I just wanted to see if they had fixed their error um, that I had emailed them about but no the porn site was still there I don't know if it's there anymore I haven't checked in like two days um, but it might be so be careful with that but it's singlesimulcast.com for me not singlesimulcast.org uh you know i've searched my um i looked through my website to see what people are searching to find my website and a lot of times they are looking for porn and they find me and that's why i don't know how that happened seriously but you should simulcast relate to porn i don't know I don't know unless unless they're looking for somebody who's doing something on like a website and on their mouth at the same time like a webcam I don't I don't know but it's linked to porn and drug trafficking so um yeah yeah Donald Trump up like Donald Trump shit that ain't no punk you ain't heard that song yet oh that's that new kid stuff sorry but um Donald Trump is running for president, y'all, and it's it's no longer funny. It's now serious, and you know how I know it's serious? It's serious because Donald Trump is now on Sesame Street. Quit lying. Hmm. Not joking. Wish I was, but I'm not. Uh, Donald Trump is now on Sesame Street. He is portrayed as a garbage mogul who boasts that he has more trash than anyone else and mocks those around him who are that are less well-off. So is he going to build a wall around Sesame Street to keep the other puppets out? <laughs> During the episode titled Grouch the Apprentice, he sits in a trash can singing, I'm Donald Grump and I have more trash than any of you, so nah, 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 nah. This is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Sounds about right. This is, this is the society that we place ourselves in. He has a bright orange hairstyle stuck up as highly as in real life, and he's introduced as someone who has the most trash of any grouch in the world and has his name on every piece of trash in town. He insists they all want to be the grump, while the other groucher says he has so much trash it spills out of his hands. He arrives on scene from a garbage and announces that he is looking for an apprentice to sort out the mountains of trash that he has. Whoever I pick will be able to keep some of my very own trash, but I will still have more trash than you do, he adds. When those around him don't do their job, he says, scram, you're fired. His trademark, his trademark soundbite from The Apprentice. 
Elmo makes an appearance in the clip and wins all of Grump's competitions to find an apprentice simply because he likes to help. And when Grump decides Elmo's skills will undermine his reputation, he tells a beloved character, you're fired. In the end, the other grouches don't want to be Grump's apprentice because then they'd have to work. They also don't really want his trash because it has his name all over it. Oscar the Grouch tells him we can get our own trash. And so instead, they all get their trash and live happily ever after because Sesame Street. Not a joke. (laughs) Little kids will have no fucking idea what this is about. I don't know. Are you sure about that? With as much exposure as Trump is getting on TV right now. How much do your kids know about Trump? Other than that, he's an idiot. Uh, Just that he's running for president and he has a lot of money. I bet you if I ask Devin right now, if I ask Kid Awesome right now, who's Donald Trump? He'd be like, I don't know. He'd actually look at me like, why are you asking me this? Well, my, my kids do know he's from The Apprentice. So they'll probably say, oh, the guy from The Apprentice and the guy that wants to keep all the Mexicans out. I'm pretty sure that's what I would get. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I just, I'm just shocked that Sesame Street was like, you know what we need to do? You know what we need to do, nigga. <laughs> Somebody was sitting back there with a joint... <laughs> You know what we need to do, nigga. We need to do this Trump shit, nigga. Do the thing. Do the thing. You're fired. Yeah. That shit goes. You trying to insinuate that people smoke that loud on Sesame Street, sir? Oh, yes. I am. How else do you think they came up with Sesame Street? Period. Hey, kid awesome. Come here. I got a question for you real quick. Speaking to the microphone when I ask you this question. Who's Donald Trump? Yeah, who's yeah. Donald Trump? Race murder. Speak up. Race murder? Oh, yeah, the guy who Ray Shrim talks about. Who is he? Mike Will? <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me, who do you think Donald Trump is? Okay, just checking. That was it. You can go. He associates Donald Trump with Ray Shrim. Up like Donald Trump. Trains that ain't no punk. Fart like she from Russia. I have no idea what they're talking about on like 98% of their songs, but that is catchy. Well, that's most music nowadays. I can't understand nothing they're saying either, but the beat is... Pretty nice there, I must say. The beat is catching. You can dance to it. But sway to it as I do, because I don't dance. Yeah, we boogie. Yeah. Like Ice Cube used to do. Yeah. Gangsters don't dance, we boogie. Now he's like, millionaires don't work, we count cash. And it's like, doggone it. Make our sons millionaires and put them in $100 million movies. Man. That seems to be the new thing, right? Between Will Smith and, and Ice Cube, I'm okay with that. 
I'm okay with that because when when I finally find some way to get rich, I'm gonna make one of my kids rich, but only one. Only one. Only one. It's gonna be like Empire. <laughs> Y'all gonna have to explain to me why you wanna be me right now. And if you can't, I'll just pass this money on to the next person. <laughs> so you're gonna have that internal struggle amongst your children. Exactly. I mean, I mean, why not? What What is life if it's not struggle? I want my kids to know that they had to fight for this money. <laughs> I had to fight to get where I am, and you're going to have to fight too, specifically him. <laughs> more specifically in this cage, to get even more specifically with these weapons. See, then when one of them comes up dead or hurt, then you'll feel guilty that you cause this internal struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I might I might try and, you know, I think I think that if my kids started fighting each other to gain my company, if I was rich, I think I would be like the the emperor and a gladiator giving the thumbs up and the thumbs down and shit. I'm going to be pointed sideways and tilting one way or the other while they look at me like, should I kill my brother? It's survival. And I'd be like, nah, don't kill him. Your mom will kill you. Just know, your mom would kick your ass if you killed your brother. <laughs> then there'd be no money. She'd get it all. I didn't want to ask you what you Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I said I always wanted to ask you. I didn't get to talk to you. What did you think of Straight Out of Compton? Still haven't seen it yet. Say what? I still haven't seen that. I still haven't seen Ant Man. I still haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of stuff. And here's why. I have a rule in my house. My wife and I have this solid rule that we can't go to the movie theater around the corner unless we're going to see at least three movies. So unless we're movie hopping, if it ain't about dollars, it ain't about me, you know. So um, we haven't gone to see it. I've actually wanted to take time off work to go see it, but I haven't. Um, You know what's funny, though? Since that movie came out, I have seen a lot, a lot of white people wearing straight out of shirts. Like they've just been waiting their whole lives to get this opportunity to wear NW. I saw a white kid wearing an NWA hat. I'm and sure that's not the first time you saw a white kid wearing anything like that. Yeah, but it didn't. It wasn't like this much because they're not even wearing straight out of Compton shirts. They're wearing straight out of Detroit, straight out of Riverside, straight out of. I will give Dr. Dre and Ice Cube credit. That was a marketing bonanza. Yeah, they they marketed that movie incredible because now it is now the number one movie in Germany, Australia, and all over Europe right now. See that the way they marketed that movie with that straight out of wherever you're from was it was it was it was genius, See, absolute see, genius. 
It was all fine and Danny until they started talking about, um, you know, sequels with well, Tupac the- and, and, and Snoop. Bro. It's going to be Death Row. The demise of Death Row is this. They're, they're going to ride the wave of this thing. So they're already talking about getting started on the Death Row movie now. And and I heard somebody else on the East Coast was talking about doing a guru movie for Gangstar. And in the right. South, they're talking about the Goody Mob. And you know who I blame for all of this? Honestly, I blame Eminem. <laughs> and why would you blame him, sir? Because if you bust it all the way down to its lowest roots, the first biopic of hip hop was Eight Mile. When you bust it all the way down to its lowest levels, I mean, not to Crush Groove and Beach Street and all that, because Crush Groove really was just, you know, the the death, how Death Jam got started movie. Yeah, it was, you know, even though you got fat boys in the in the buffet singing all you can eat. Nigga, if the fat boys walked into my store singing all you can eat, we are closed. (laughs) You are a little bit too happy to be here. You made a song specifically for this moment. I need a moment. I need y'all to go outside. Y'all can come in one at a time. Oh, you mean he walks in and we can walk in behind him? I don't even know. I mean, y'all are literally only allowed to come in here one at a time. (laughs) When he gets done eating, then you can come in. Oh, but yeah, no, Eminem. And Eight Mile started all this stuff. And then this. And now they're just going to go crazy with it. All of a sudden, every failed rapper. I would not be surprised if Meek Mill tried to make a movie. It would be straight to video. Um, Yeah, that'll probably go as good as his comeback disc record. Yeah, that was hot, wasn't it? No? Just me? Fine. Yeah. Wasn't me either. I was just joking. Just I- I'm- time that shit was garbage god dude wax this records that's i mean no vaseline either what happened to good dish records you know what the bridge is over yeah i've never heard it i mean i always talk about it lovingly like i've heard it before i've never heard it the bridge is over it's the east coast shit it's it's a basic diss track you know for what it was for what it was worth back then it was but the one that I have heard is how you like me now. Nobody ever gives that credit anymore. Yeah, he, he gave LL the business on that. Exactly. And LL did just like what he did with uh with uh cannabis. Damn, forgot that little nigga's name. <laughs> exactly what he did with cannabis. Let him strike first and then turn around later on and rewrote his stuff a couple times and then came out and put out the ripper. Yeah. And he, he went in on Ice T on that song too, if I'm not mistaken, right? And Ice T was, was like, fuck you. And now they work together for a little while. That's that's funny. That's kind of stuff. That's so, isn't it funny how the world works? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Nas. This Jay Z so good that nigga signed you. <laughs> you only get one shot. Like, you know what? That hurts so bad. I don't ever want you to do that again. I am now putting you in a place where I can fire you. You ever mention me again, nigga? I will. F- nah, they're like this. Yo, nigga, that mixtape was so hot. Nigga, that mixtape was so hot. You want to work for me? Yeah, you do. You're fired. 
punk ass mixtape coming over here talking about me and my wife the fuck out of my face with that shit and you signed a non-compete agreement so you can't go to no other record labels i'm putting you on punishment just like a child never touch another mic how you like me now let Modi say it. I, I, this is the thing about the Modi one. He said LL stole his style. I just don't. I don't know. I've never put them two together. Mm-hmm. I didn't see too many similarities between LL and Cool Modi. You know what? Yeah. The, the problem with that statement is that he said that uh, LL stole his style, but you, LL style was talented. I, I, I don't know. Just you said Modi wasn't a talented rapper. <sighs> Kumo D was a product of the 80s. He was. He never changed his style up. Like, the music would change up from How You Like Me Now to I Go To Work. The music would change up or go faster or slower, and he still talked the same way. He was like um, Leon in all of his movies. (laughs) Didn't matter what you did, didn't matter what situation you were in, he was still going to be Leon doing the same shit I talked about this on the dream team a couple weeks back but Leon Leon wasn't even playing Leon he wasn't even playing himself in his roles Leon was continuously playing shy brother role from uh, the five heartbeats every single role he was he was playing shy brother and waiting for somebody to go over to the girl and be like yo my brother's shy (laughs) that's why on uh, above the rim he was like I just like another cup of coffee. I'm shy. I don't know. Nutsa. Oh, Nutsa. Nutsa! I'm feeling like you're saying Leon has no range. He has the range of my doorknob. (laughs) He can turn 90 degrees to the left. He can turn 90 degrees to the right. But he can't make a full 180. He can't do it. Like the hell out of little Richard, though gotta give him that one you know what everybody says that and i haven't seen it i have to watch this little richard movie just so i can see it wow you're missing out on a lot sir i am but you know what i coach four youth basketball teams i don't i can't i want to i'd love to i just was reading this thing on um facebook uh because you know every so often you'll see something on facebook that's just dope and it's uh, made by my favorite comic writer of all time. I mean, people when people talk about comics nowadays, they're always talking about what? What are they talking about when they talk about comics nowadays? The Avengers. Uh-huh. Uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Batman, Superman, The Avengers, DC Universe, Marvel Universe, all of that. And they're all talking about that. And they're like, my favorite comic is this and this and the and Iron Man and and the uh, X-Men and Spider-Man. And I'm like, damn, nigga, my, my favorite comic is Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> and the music just stops. And they're just like, you're not a nerd. That's mainstream. And I'm like, it really resonated with me Calvin and Hobbes and now that I'm older and with kids baby blues resonates with me <laughs> like I've never gotten to those comics but when I was in college the boondocks resonated with me but um the the creator of Calvin and Hobbes Bill Watterson uh, he made a comic a while back where he was talking about how creating a life that reflects your values and satisfies your soul is a rare achievement 
Um, in a culture that relentlessly promotes avarice and excess of the good life, a person happily doing his own work is usually considered an eccentric, if not a subversive. Ambition is only understood if it's a rise to the top of some imaginary ladder of success. Someone who takes an undemanding job because it affords him the time to pursue other interests and activities is considered a flake. A person who abandons a career in order to stay home and raise children is considered to not be living up to his potential. As if a salary and a job title are the sole measure of human worth. You'll be told in a hundred ways, some subtle and some not, to keep climbing and to never be satisfied with where you are, who you are, and what you're doing. There's a million ways to sell yourself out, and I guarantee you'll hear about all of them. But to invent your own life's meaning is not easy, but it's still allowed, and I think you'll be happier for the trouble. And there's a beautiful uh, whole comic that he puts around that, and um, I really... It really hit me. It really struck me because I like my job, but I still feel like I can do more, you know. Um, and until I started doing the youth basketball and uh, stand up and all that kind of stuff, I wasn't really 100% content with uh, my life, you know. But you always feel like I've always felt as and, and I say this, I always used to say as a man, but I always felt that I just needed to keep working like I needed to be doing something productive, not just for my family, but just so then I could feel like I was doing something productive, you know, but it doesn't always have to be what you're being pushed into a corner for, you know, when you're ki when you're a kid, you're your ideas when you're a kid, your goal when you were a kid, I betcha are nothing like what you're doing right now as an adult. Of course not. Nobody has ever said, I want to be a government worker when I grow up. This is like that whole, nobody ever says they want to be a junkie when they grow up. Everybody's like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a basketball player. I want to be an artist. I want to be this. Nobody ever says they want to be a surfer in a restaurant when they grow up. And it's like, why can't I pursue what makes me happy so I I do but as a result I ain't got time for the movies and all that kind of stuff cause doing these other things takes up a lot of time but you know what I'm saying I know that right now you're doing stuff that you're, makes you happy and you're finding your place in the world and what really stands out and it's not your 9 to 5 you oh, know man. you know we do the 9 to 5 cause we have bills to pay I would love to be able to do something that I love and pays me well to the point where I can take care of my family. I love sitting behind this microphone. That is the highlight of my week when I get to do my podcast. And I love that it allows me time not only to talk on my podcast, but to spend time with my wife putting the show together. I enjoy that kind of stuff. But at this moment, podcast isn't paying me anything. So I still have to get up every morning and go to work. Mm -hmm. But I would love to be able to do this as a profession. It's what I'd love to do. I feel that. So we do the nine to five out of necessity. <laughs> so then we'll get back to doing this extracurricular stuff as a stress relief. Exactly. And it's exactly what it is. It's the same way when, when I game or when I watch wrestling or anything like that. There's stuff I do just to sit back and relax and kind of take the edge off. Some people drink. Some people smoke. Some people drink and smoke. 
Yeah, drink and smoke. Yeah, yeah. But I get to sit behind a microphone and talk crap with my wife or get on the game and smash a nigga in some Madden or get smashed on Madden as I did last night. You have been playing Titanfall. That game, I, I, I have that game. It's extremely hard and it frustrates the shit out of me. <laughs> And review is over. <laughs> Actually, I took it the opposite direction. Um, I really like it. I think that it's like I think that it's it's better than Call of Duty to me because they have in Call of Duty when I used to play it, um, Black Ops Two. I used to play it with uh, Scarfinger and with Nisha and uh, with some other folks, um, and we would go into the training mode and just play against the bots. And we put the bots on easy and we would murk the snot out of them and just unleash kill streak after kill streak on them and just giggle our heads off. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen a game like that since where you can go into a training mode and play against bots. And even more so, I haven't seen a game where you can go out into an actual game against people and there will be bots there that you can play against. So then even if the people are destroying you the bots are still easy enough that you feel like you can kill something on the, on the field. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Titanfall actually has those bots and they put them into the real game. So if I am having trouble killing the humans that I'm playing against, there's still like 50 bots or so that I could just run up to and just headshot over and over again and still feel like I did something because those bots, you're still contributing to the overall score for the team. Killing a bot gives you one point, while killing a person gives you four points. Um, so, but taking out the bots will lower the time before you can get your huge robot transformer that'll fall out the sky and let you jump into it. So you go around trying to get these bots out, then you can go after the bigger meat, the bigger humans. I just, I think that that really works, and and I actually had um, Kid Awesome playing it because it's a game that doesn't have any blood in it. The violence is unrealistic because it's a bunch of bots running around that you're shooting. Um, but he was planning. He was really getting good at it. So basically what I'm saying with this whole review is you just suck. I will not disagree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have an opportunity, you have EA access on uh, Xbox One. Go ahead and pick up Titanfall and add me. I'm Rashani on a... Uh, Xbox Live. It ain't gonna change. It ain't gonna never change. I'm Rashani basically everywhere. Uh, so go ahead and add me on Xbox Live and hit me up and we'll get on there and we'll play. I had a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to going back over there and playing it a little bit later on too. Because um, I actually deleted it because I had to make room. I was running out of space. You need to get a hard drive. I'm, I'm working on I just looked into getting me a terabyte. I found one on Amazon for like 54 bucks. I'm going to order that. I was going to say, because I know a, a two terabyte one that I think it was for like $35, $36. Where'd you see that at, sir? I need that. Um, I'll take a look. It was on Deadspin. They have a, a auxiliary website that they put links to where they have just deals and sales and all that kind of stuff. So I'll see if they still got it. That was on Wednesday. I know that because I was looking for one for my older son triple kenny because he is at maximum two on his uh, he's got a 500 gigabyte and i have a 500 gigabyte but i put a two terabyte uh flash drive on the side of mine and just started putting all my stuff directly onto there 
So I'll take a look. But if y'all have an Xbox One, I would definitely say take a look around. You don't have to, don't feel obligated to get that um, that green flash drive that Xbox is selling and Microsoft is selling because that's not the deal for you. There's one place I know, Newegg.com, where they're selling a four terabyte uh, hard drive for like 150 bucks, something like that. But dude, it's four terabytes. You plug that into your Xbox One and you plug it into Wall and you got service for like, that's four terabytes. You know, I'm trying to do the numbers in my head, but I don't want it because I'm on my day off. That's 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 good money right there. That's good loving. So um, I'll take that, a look and see what get, I can find. Huh? Six games on my Xbox and it took up almost most of my 500 gigabytes. Man, I got uh, NBA 2K16, Titanfall, WWE 2K15, uh, Sunset Overdrive, uh, all of the free games because they're free, including Assassin's Creed, which I've never played, uh, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Fallout 4, um, Rare Replay, and all of the games that came with that, and I'm still only at 50%. I think I have like 24 games on there, and I'm still only at 50%. Amazing. So just getting that terabyte because if you get the if you get a one terabyte hard drive instantly right there you got a one hundred you know you got a one thousand five hundred gigabyte hard drive. So that should presumably give you three times the space or two times the space no three times the space you initially had from five to fifteen yeah three times the space. So even if you don't do anything else, I know you can find a terabyte hard drive for like 40 bucks tops because they're getting cheaper and cheaper as the world keeps turning. Yeah, I, I definitely have to up my game up. This is ridiculous. Yep. I, yeah, that whole uninstalled and installed life has never. And, and that's the one thing about the Xbox and, and the PlayStation 4 is that forced install of discs never worked for me. That's yeah. why I just ended up. I, I felt like they did that to force you to go digital. You know, I felt, because if you put a disc in there, I have Diablo three. When I bought the Xbox one, they gave me a free game with it. So I got Diablo three and, you know, it was disc version. And as soon as you put it in there, the install is just as much as it would be for the digital version. So I got the digital version of games going forward because I found out that, you know, if you had somebody else in your family, who has a Xbox One, you can link up with them and you can share games. So any game that I download digitally on mine automatically goes down to Triple Kenny's Xbox One as well. So... That's how mine, because my daughter's upstairs. She's stealing all my games. Yep. That's... <laughs> yep. So I figured that that's what they were trying to do in the first place. They still... Because remember, when they put out the Xbox One initially, they were trying to muscle GameStop out completely. Well, you see, GameStop is making moves now because that 2K16, that's one of the games I'm like really, really waiting on. Mm -hmm. To get you by the actual disc, GameStop is releasing the game on the 25th instead of people having to wait till the 29th to get it on digital. And that's the same thing they did with Call of Duty, I think. I think it was Call of Duty. You can pick the game up like four days earlier. See, that ain't enough for me. I'm still doing digital. I can't. I can't trust them. You know, and I'm like, I want to... I have I have no desire to buy a game twice. You know, I did that with the 360, bought a game twice. Um, 
I bought Call of Duty Black Ops. I had to buy it twice so my son could play it downstairs. I don't want to do that anymore. That's stupid. If I could buy one game and get it twice, you 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 could give me all the deals you want, GameStop. But unless you're giving me the game for free, I'll be sticking with digital downloads. And people are like, yeah, but if you do digital, they can take it off your system at any time. Uh, I don't really see that happening, Captain. Now, with the digital downloads, when your son gets it, because the way I, the way mine is set up, like my daughter literally has to sign into my account from her Xbox to play the game. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm doing something wrong here. Yeah, I think you are. Um, because he doesn't have to be signed. Actually, he doesn't have to be signed into mine to play because I made his Xbox my home Xbox. And my Xbox is his home Xbox. So when I download it under my profile on my one that's in my room, it'll show up on my home Xbox in his room. So he doesn't have to go online as me to play it because it's thinking, okay, uh, Triple Kenny is playing on his profile on Rashani's Xbox one. And when I'm playing on his on the one upstairs is thinking, okay, Rashani's playing on his profile on Triple Kenny's Xbox One. Um, so it's kind of like a way to fool the system. It's a, it's not, it should work, presumably. Mm. It worked for us. I mean, the only thing that sucks is when the, when uh, the cable goes out around here, which with Comcast, it was going out all the bloody time. Or when Xbox One would go out. Or when Xbox Live would go out, rather, which last year, you know, was happening all the time as well. Then it would be like you have to put in a disc. But that's with all games now. They make every game. You have to be online to play it. Um, I was trying to play. What game was it? Batman. Batman has nothing on it that should need me to be online. But they were like, you're not online, so you can't play. Um, Same thing with Sunset Overdrive, which is a great game. Um, sleeping on that one. One of my partners out here is telling me how great that game is. Oh, so good. So good. And you know what? They're putting it out on the cheap now, too, because they're getting ready for their next group of uh, November games. But I bought that game and played it straight through. Like, I didn't touch another game until I finished it. It's that good. And uh, Shadow of Mordor, too, they made you have to be online to play it. That's another dope game. Basically, let me just do this real quick. Single Simulcast is about to tell all y'all gamers what games you need to pick up right now for your Xbox One. All right, you ready? Let's go. And if you got some, Mike, go ahead and throw them in there, too. We'll just go back and forth if you got any. You got any? Um... I no, I'm a sports guy. I play the typical, the 2K15. Like I'm hooked on that game. I can't wait till 216 uh, comes out. Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty. I know you just dogged that game out, but that game is awesome. Um, the kids the love kid. it. <laughs> um, uh, the Witcher Three. Like I seriously, that is like the dopest game I've ever played in my life. I want that game so badly. Witcher Three. Like put it this way, it's gonna take a lot of time away from your wife. Um, yes, it's one of those games. It's it's one of those. It, it, it's beautiful. It, it, it's beautiful. My wife hates it. Hates it. Um, what else am I playing? Uh, of course, Assassin's Creed. I'm a I'm a fan of all the Assassin's Creed games. 
You know they have that. That was one of the free downloads last month. Assassin's Creed. Oh, the, yeah, I got the EA thing. I don't think I played. No, on no, it. not from EA. It was just one of the free games. Was it? Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed Black Ship, whatever. I haven't played it yet. I downloaded it because it was free. Um, but whichever one had you as a pirate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Black Flag. Yeah, that one. Sounds like a roach spray. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> Black Flag? And then the roach blows up. Or is that raid? That's uh, probably raid. But um, killing roaches for a long time, man. Since '86, lost to raid. But for me, the games that I think you should go out and pick up um, right now are Sunset Overdrive, um, Arkham Knight. Uh, rare replay just based on the fact that if you're an old head like me you got to get down on that rc pro and part two uh and perfect dark but not killer instinct because it did not carry over well what, 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 where is that rc pro rc pro and rc pro and part two that's on rare replay cost 30 bucks oh it's also got perfect dark on it and uh battle toads battle toads the arcade version it's pretty dope. Oh, yeah. I will be going to get that. Arsenal <laughs> Program was my game. Exactly. Like, that was the kid down the street that had that, and everybody was at his house trying to play that. See, that's when you find the 50 bucks and you sell your soul. <laughs> 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 um, let's see. What else? Uh, Shadow of Mordor. That game is awesome. Just that nemesis system by itself is just a world changer. Um and there's more but I'm not looking at my system right now so off the top of my head I just can't run it down but every couple day, every couple set uh, episodes I'll just pop up with a game that's just hot that you just gotta gotta play um, and on the iPad and this is the last thing I'll say fat man then you can run the break whatever fat bastard um, there's a game called Crossy Roads that came out a long time ago um, and every kid loved it, and I tried it, and I sucked at it, so I stopped playing it. Well, they're back, and they made a new game that I can't stop playing because it takes Pac-Man and makes it into an endless runner. And it's called Pac-Man 256. And um, what it is is that you're playing a game of Pac-Man, and it's like you've made it to the 256th level of Pac-Man, which in that there's a glitch that completely destroys the screen like you can't go any further because this glitch just takes over the entire screen and that's where the term kill screen came up anyhow in pac-man 256 you're going through this level getting chased by ghosts and uh, eating power pellets and all that kind of stuff and there is the glitch from 256 following behind you trying to catch you that's the <laughs> endless runner aspect of it the game is free it is absolutely positively Excellent. It is. If you like Pac-Man, if you do, you got to play this game. If you got an iPad or an Android, because they got it on both, and I've downloaded it on my phone and on my iPad, you got to play this game. There's no excuse. You have to. Like, I'm imploring all of you right now, while you're listening to this show on your phone or whatever pod feeder you're listening to, because Stitcher is kind of on the outs right now. 
But while you're listening to this on whatever pod feeder you're listening to, go ahead and double click twice to get back to your main screen. Go to the Play Store or else to the App Store and download Pac-Man 256. Unless you wanted them niggas like me to be floating uh, checks. Because Apple, Apple will let you buy stuff when you ain't got no money. And then later on, you come back and you try and update something. And it'll be like, ah, 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 there's something wrong with your credit card bill. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm the only one who floats purchases like that. But, um, yeah, it, you never know when they're going to come back and find you when you try and update something. But unless you got a, a floater out there, go ahead and cop that. Because that game is really, really great. Fat Man Wild, go ahead and spin the beats. This single simulcast. Single Slimecast. Hey, yo, Fat Man Wow. Kick 
little something for those cars that be boom. I represent Gorilla Feminist in Chicago, and I once won a Nobel Peace Prize in Awesomeness, and that is why you should listen to Single Simulcast.
That was simply sensational. sensational. Single simulcast will surely surface speedily. Bitches. (laughs) (laughs) When you say you're going to mute, do not talk. Just shut the fuck up. I'm I'm, I'm muting, Rashani. Shut the fuck up. I'm muting. Okay, you hear how Tyrone is quiet? That means he shut the fuck up. Uh, no, I'm, I'm muted right now. Nigga, y'all need to mute. <laughs> y'all muted now? <laughs> Clearly y'all ain't muted because y'all talking. Punk ass Nick, man. Okay, I'm, about, I'm about to mute. Look. All right, for this time, I'm, I'm going to mute now. Could y'all mute? For real? For real? Oh, okay. Cool. So, um... Karen. Okay, wait, what did you say? Nigga. <laughs> so, so I, I, thought you said, I thought you said something. Motherfucker. What? I'm, okay, I'm muting. I'm going back. I'm going back to mute now. Okay. We good? Fuck you! <laughs> okay, so now that these two. 
flagrantly fuck boys are done and they're muted. We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna push record. We're gonna go. Awesome. Shut the fuck up. Okay. So <laughs> I hate these niggas so much right now. Okay. So Karen. Yes. Single Simulcast episode 192. Mike, Rashani, Fat Man. What's up? So, um. The other Mike on your show, are you? Nah, remember that Scarfinger. He was like, I, I always get confused when people. That ain't his voice. I always get confused, son. I can't do it. Shout out to Scarfinger. Check out the Dream Team. Um. Scarfinger's the man. I like that dude. <laughs> He's good people. Also, while I'm at it, uh, shout out to Phoenix and William and Drew and Leslie and Ricky and Sherelle and Nick and uh, She Be Show Nuff and Tanya and uh, the rest of them niggas. Yeah. Jay, yeah, that's about it. Um, oh no, no! Shout out to Raymond and Lisa Loco and uh, Second Wind, nigga. <laughs> and um, that's it. Can I say this about William? William yeah, is yeah. the man, isn't he? Though that dude, I don't know. I listen to his show and he just makes everything seem so effortless. It is amazing, isn't it? Right? I mean, it doesn't sound like it's hard at all. It's so effortless, and I am amazed every time I listen to that man's show. See, I am just convinced that it's because he has a co-host. <laughs> I am literally convinced that being able to bounce stuff off other people makes stuff so much easier. Like, I mean, I can't really explain just how much easier it is to be able to talk to somebody and talk to yourself and be like, oh, I have got nothing else to say, so I'm going to wrap it up now. I stopped doing my solo show because I sucked at it. I, I, I had to come to that conclusion. I'm so much better when I'm with my wife. When I try to do that solo show, it is very hard to so, try to talk about something and make it interesting to where somebody wants to sit there and listen to you. See, I have to be really pissed off to really do an effective solo show, and then it comes out angry, and I'm that angry black dude, which I don't always want to be. So when I want to talk about something that's not angry, I got to have a co-host. To bounce it off of and it's it's i mean i'll still do solo shows you know i will because i'm good for it but um more often than not i might have to hold off till i find somebody else unless something big big comes up um so i was reading huh what's up i said solo shows are really hard yeah they are but i mean put some music in there uh talk for 20 minute segments 25 minute segments at the most Four twenty minute, four twenty five minute segments, uh, right there. That's a hundred minute show. That's an hour and forty minutes. You put in musical segments in between. That's a two hour show. Or, you sir are interesting. My ass is not that interesting. Yes, you are. (laughs) You're controversially interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial? Um, so I found this app and I'm going to implore everybody to get this. And it's not like Pac-Man 256. It's something a bit more serious, especially if you have children, teenagers, uh, 
spouses who are out late, college students who are out late and are making their way back home or making their way back to their dorms or making their way back anywhere. Um, in, a, in, in, in the world that we're in right now, I think that this app is just so, so important. Um, and the app is called Companion. Um, the Companion app, uh, created by five students from the University of Michigan, enables users to request a friend or family member to keep them company virtually and track their journey home via GPS on an online map. Although they can do so, the friend or family member do not have to have the companion app installed, which is available for both Android and iOS. The user can send out several requests to different phone contacts in case people are not available to be a companion or not with their phones at the time. Those contacted then receive a, a text message with a hyperlink in it that sends them to a web page with an interactive map showing the user walking to their destination. If the user strays off their path, falls, is pushed, starts running, or has their headphones yanked out of their phone, the app detects these changes in the movement and asks the user if they're okay. If the user is fine, they push a button on the app to confirm within 15 seconds. If they don't push the button or a real emergency is occurring, the companion app transforms the user's phone into a personal alarm system that projects loud noises to scare criminals from the scene and gives you the option to instantly call the police. As the app was originally designed to aid students in walking home at night across university campuses, if the user calls 911, the app will alert the person's re relevant university campus safety department within the U.S. At the same time, the app will send an alert to the contact who is keeping you company, and that person could choose to call the phone and get, call the police and give them your location, as well as call you to find out if you're okay. And it's free. And it's necessary. But I'm worried. This app is going to mess up a whole lot of relationships. Uh, that too. But you got to put in somebody's number in order for them to uh, accept being your companion on it. Okay. What I was thinking was more of a, this is going to be great for college students who are coming back late night from parties and things like that. Um, I've already sent it off to my cousins and asked them to add me as a contact. But the thing that I'm worried about is there's a uh, thing that you can put in where if you um, feel unsafe in an area, you can choose to put an option where you tap, uh, I feel unsafe in this area. Like it'll show up and you can tap unsafe area. I get the feeling that a lot of people are going to go into the hood and start tapping unsafe and it's going to get flagged to something like that. I could just, I could just see that happening already, you know, like that abuse, but that's a small if for an app that can save people's lives, you know, and I would really sleep better knowing that my cousins who are on the East coast made it back home from a party safely at like two o'clock in the morning because two o'clock in the morning for them is what 11 p.m for me i'm still up yep. i'll make sure they make it home safe and i'll feel better knowing that they made it home safe so i applaud these uh these students from the university of michigan this is the first good thing that michigan has ever done go buckeyes 
I applaud them for this, and I hope that everybody uses it. And it's it's going to remain free for users because the creators are monetizing the app by working with universities. They hope to eventually connect every single university's campus police in the country to their app, as well as eventually connecting local police departments and emergency responders. That is a good thing. Because the world we live in nowadays, I mean, something like that can truly, truly come in handy. Exactly. It's very necessary. Extremely necessary. And I'm hoping that it takes off the way that it should. Right now on the on the um, Google Play Store, it has 10,000 downloads. It needs to be more than that. It is amazing the, the stuff these college kids are coming up with. Because I was reading a story. I think we talked about it on our show, the, um, the college kids that came up with the the nail polish that will detect, like you can stick your finger in it and it'll change colors if you if a woman has something, you know, put in her drink or to see if her drink has been touched or poisoned or anything like that. Oh, that's what's, what's up. What's going on. That kind of stuff is, is really amazing. So, you know, I applaud these kids for, you know, coming up with this kind of stuff because it can definitely save some lives. So Now, the sad thing about it is that these, not that these kids are coming up with these uh, life-saving things, it's that they've been in situations or they've seen people in these situations where they have to come up with these life-saving things. That's the sad part. Um, I really... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's different, man. You know, me and my wife talk about it all the time. I remember, you know, 25 years ago when we were kids, you know, my parents used to just let us run around and, and do whatever. You can't even let your kids roam up and down the street anymore without worrying that somebody's going to take them. Well, nobody's stealing us back then. Exactly. And that's what I was telling Nisha, and she was like, that's not funny. But I was like, back in the days um, when we were kids, black parents looked at kidnapping and lice as two things that only happen to white children. <laughs> that is so funny you bring up lice. We had that conversation this morning because there's a lice outbreak in this country. And I'm thinking, well, the black kids ain't got to worry about it. Exactly. Lice does not happen to black children. Kidnapping did not happen to black children. And now it's just like, nah, we kidnapping everybody out here. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And the black kids are now getting lice in their eyelashes. What? Yes. Because that's what I told my wife this morning. She's like, no, they're getting it in their eyebrow, in their eyelashes. Oh, I'm no. Like, you got to worry about lice, too? No. I remember sitting in class and it'd be like me and three other black kids and the white kids had to get up and get that comb ran through their hair. We'd be sitting there like, <sighs> just laughing my ass off. Nigga, I'm bald. <laughs> you ain't gonna get me with that bullshit. I'm bald, nigga. Look at me. Hold up, hold up. Where I got lice at? Oh, right there on the ponytail clip. Take that out. <laughs> Drop it off. Keep it going. Damn, we have all heard of headlights, but many do not know they can also catch eyelash lice until right now. Where the hell? Who the hell? Who made this? This has to be I. Who's rubbing their face in somebody's licey hair, though? This is the clan. This is the clan. This is how. This is the clan. Like we got to get them niggers one way or another. My kids keep getting lice, and this messed up. We have all heard of head lice, but many may not know that they can also catch eyelash lice until right now. Yes. 
there is a video that shows the insects living in the lash of a person. In the giant close-up, an insect can clearly be seen feeding off the skin of this unsuspecting victim as it crosses her lashes. The YouTube video then goes on to show which of what appears to be a number of other nets infested in the lashes and eggs ready to hatch. The wingless insects are not dangerous but are annoying. They feed off the blood and skin of people and because they are contagious can be easily spread between people. Symptoms of lice include extreme itching of the eyelids, small red spots and debris around eyelashes. Sharing mascara is said to increase the risk of catching an infestation. Knit lotions are not recommended to treat the lice because of the potential for eye damage. Include, instead, they are usually removed by using fine forceps or a doctor may prescribe a course of antibiotics to suffocate the insects. White people are amazing. They finally <laughs> caught us. <laughs> oh no oh this is horrible isn't it <laughs> and they got a video I can't even look at it dude they just got it all close up and look like eye boogers with lights rolling through it see yeah, stuff on Facebook and on YouTube that makes my skin crawl and I'm sure lights on the eyelashes would be one of those things it should be if it's not yet it really just yeah yeah I've seen stuff on Facebook that literally made me put my phone down and not go back for a day. It's just some weird pictures floating around on, on the internet now that really upset me. <sighs> no. No, it's uncalled for, man. No, I didn't need to know. No, I didn't need to know none of that. Real talk. Real talk. Listen to the simulcast, folks. You can now get lice in your eyebrows, so be careful. Eye lice. <laughs> Highlights for children, like yo, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> you know what? This is. We are now in a code of emergency. This is a state of emergency, niggas. They are breaking us down. They are taking it straight to the black people of America. Um, we know y'all women be sharing your mascaras with one another, just all willy nilly. We know you're out there on these streets. It is not safe right now. Keep your mascara to yourselves. Oh, I'm starting to itch just thinking about it. A piece of lice crawling through your eyes. <sighs> That's nasty, yo. You lean in to kiss somebody and the lice stands up and says, yo. I wouldn't do that if I were you, sir. What's up? What's up, <laughs> What's up man? I'm in your eyelashes, nigga. <laughs> Matter of fact, let me just make it known right now, simple and plain, that I am not for the eyelash lice. I'm cool on that whole idea. I don't support anybody who's got eyelash lice. You're going to need to get the heck up out of my house with that craziness. The American black male's national threat level today is guarded or high yellow. Black males are advised to not take a so-called sick day from work or eat fried chicken in the presence of white people. Any uses of jerry curl, s-curl, dat, or magic curl in the presence of white people will get you a citation. Have a nice day. <laughs> it's real in these streets. Speaking of jerry curls, today is Easy es birthday. He would have been 52 today. Amazing. And, you know, sometimes I sit back and think about the fact that he died of AIDS and 
I'm not even gonna finish that by saying somebody else lives forever because that's always me and I always get hate mail and it always comes back to me. <laughs> Rest in peace, Easy. You were a good nigger. Could you imagine a 52 year old Easy E right now? I don't think he'd have teeth. <laughs> I, I really don't. I don't think Easy would have what we call good mouth hygiene. I think he'd probably be on crack. Even though, and that's messed up, that's messed up because he was running a company very successfully. I just feel like he'd be struggling profusely. <laughs> Not profusely. Very, very. He, like, it would be all bad for him right now. Like, I feel like. Um, NWA, you know, I mean, an NWA comeback right now. Yeah, I feel like he'd have a hologram of uh, Michael Jackson up on stage with him at an NWA comeback. And I feel like he'd uh, be doing, he'd still be rapping, but he would have changed his whole style up because, you know, he was all for misogyny. He was all in. I feel like he'd be doing songs now with Taylor Swift. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what would that song be called? <laughs> it wouldn't be called bad blood. That's for dang sure. Lick it, don't bite it. Something. Um, you'll get bad blood or <laughs> something. I'm just saying. Now we, it, it, I can't even imagine a name for it. I just imagine that he would be doing because you know Bone Thugs and Harmony are no longer the super group that they were. So he'd be out there back trying to rap. Or else, I don't know. He wouldn't be like Drake because he never was a producer. Um. He was more of an owner who couldn't rap. So, yeah, I guess he is like Dre. Hmm. <laughs> Dre has wonderful ghost writers. Yes, Kendrick. DLC. That's why he kept signing them fools. Y'all thought Lil Wayne was doing it. No, Dr. Dre's been signing people who could help him write lyrics. And yeah, we'll so put them on see- one song. And DLC says his voice is coming back. I hope so. That fool was dope. He was overly yeah. dope. Um, yes. But, yeah. Dr. Dre signed and got rid of more people than Jay-Z ever could have thought of. And Jay-Z signed M.O.P. with the intent, with the express intent of having them on one song. <laughs> he signed M.O.P., put them on one song with him, kicked them off the label, and kept it pushing. <laughs> I always wonder what happened. Where happened to like them niggas? What are the little young dudes, Chris and Neef? What happened to them niggas? He ate them too. <laughs> Jay Z is the unicron of hip hop. <laughs> oh boy, love you, Jay. We do. He's 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 yeah. Owe me a thousand, Dre. You got it. You good for it. Ask Bay. Ask, ask Beyonce to let me uh, hold on to something, too. No, I'm not talking about that. I just want money, dog. Don't get in your feelings. You want to hold that, too. <laughs> just slap it. Hold on, baby. Just on the low note. Put that voice behind it. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm really mad. I mean, I'm really mad. You mad, sir? Yeah. Um, Why you mad, man? I mean... Damon Wayans has never been funny. Like, if you watch his stand-up comedy routine, he's never been funny to me. Um, He's one of them dudes that has struggle comedy. But In Living Color has always been funny to me. 
And so his stuff in the living color has always been funny to me. Men on Films, uh, The Homeboy Shopping Network, uh, Hey Mon, uh, and Handyman, all of them, all the way down the line have always just been hilarious to me. Um, and take anyone too funny this week, though, was it? Fuck no. <laughs> During an interview on radio program The Breakfast Club, comedian Damon Wayans stunned host Angela Yee with a full-throated defensive and battle comedian Bill Cosby, calling the women who alleged he sexually assaulted them, quote, bitches, and claiming many of them were, quote, unrapeable. First, let me just stop and say this. At the point where Bill Cosby confessed it, isn't the time for standing up for him, like, done? His point of view on that one, because I've heard he, he did another interview on Hot 97, I believe, and he brought up the whole deposition that everybody is. He His thing is basically what Bill Cosby confessed to was giving them quaaludes, which also in that deposition, the women knowingly took quaaludes, said they knew exactly what they were taking and they knowingly took them. What happened after that is a whole nother story. So he's saying, well, why would you knowingly take a drug that couldn't put you to sleep? That's regardless of the fact. This is my thing. I'm not defending Cosby at all. You know, if he raped these women after the fact, if they knowingly took Quaaludes, that's one thing. But just because they took a Quaalude and passed out don't mean you get to sleep with them. Exactly. That, that's just how I see it. You know, you know, did he ask the question in the interview, well, why would Cosby have to rape anybody? Yeah, he probably didn't have to. Some people are weird, and they get a thrill off of sleeping with a passed out woman. Maybe Cosby's just one of those weird guys like that. Because I'm sure back then, Cosby didn't have to rape anybody. I'm sure he was getting more ass thrown at him than a little bit. But yeah. Dr. Huxtable could just be a weirdo. I mean, we just have to come to grips with that. But um, as reported by Gossip Cop, Gossip Cop, I need to change the name of my website. As reported by Gossip Cop, and and they, they say that he's the creator of In Living Color. I don't know if he was in there with Keenan Ivory Wayans when he was shooting in the gym. I'm not too sure about that. Um, if I was Keenan, I'd stand up and be like, no, remember, I did that by myself. Um, but he was asked by Yee what advice he would give to Cosby, who faces rape and sexual, sexual molestation accusations from more than close to 50 women. And Wayne said, if I were him, I would divorce my wife, wink, wink, give her all my money, and then I would go to a deposition. I'd light one of those three-hour cigars, I'd have me some wine, and maybe a quaalude, and I would just go off because I don't believe he was raping, Wayne said. I think he was in a relationship with all of them, and then he's like, you know what? It's 78. I can't get it up for any of y'all. Bye, bitches, he continued. And now they're like, oh, really? Rape. 40 years. Listen, how big is his penis that it gives you amnesia for 40 years? Despite the fact that Yee pointed out that many of the women had come forward years ago, Wans continued on, quote, but if you listen to them talk, they go, well, the first time, the first time, Wans attempts to explain, bitch, how many times did it happen? Just listen to what they're saying. And some of them really is unrapeable. I look at them and go, no, he don't want that. Get out of here. He later added, look, I understand fame. I lived it. Women will throw themselves at you. They just want to be in your presence. There's some that innocently will come up there, but not 40-something women. They're not that naive. And that's just where I want to stop. I, I just, I just, I, I just, 
have to say fuck you Damon (laughs) fuck you I mean first of all how do you say this stuff Look, 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 look. Let's just put it like this. If you want to put it to the basis level, let's put it like this. Unrapeable. What you're doing right now is you are literally telling every woman out there who's ever been sexually assaulted by somebody that they were rapeable. That they had the propensity, the, 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 the level, the ability to be raped. That's basically what you're saying to women right now. What you're saying is that if you were raped, it is something that you did. You were not just victim shaming. You are not just slut shaming. You are also judging them by their looks, by their je ne sais quoi, by something that gave out this aura, this aroma, like a dog in heat that just gave out this aura, this aroma that said, rape me. Walk past her because she's unrapeable. She does not carry the same qualities that I carry within me that for some reason makes me available to be forced to do something that I don't want to do by somebody who is trying to be in a place of power. Rape me, not her, because she's not at that level yet. This is literally the most reprehensible statement that I've ever heard in a article of reprehensible statements how do you go on the breakfast club and this is what you think is funny you're a comedian dude tell jokes why hasn't the memo gotten sent around yet to comedians to stay the fuck away from bill cosby why do people keep standing up for cosby why are people still caping for him i don't understand this and i'm gonna say it again it's not just jill scott ladies and gentlemen people are out here caping for cosby but i have yet to hear anybody say something as stupid as this nigga who came out and said that they are unrapeable because he deems them unattractive look at them they can't be raped because they are ugly damon what are you gonna tell it if you ran into somebody, and I hope that you are getting letters right now from people who are like, here's my story. Are you going to tell me that I am deemed rapeable? How do you explain that to your children when you're trying to teach them about safety? How do you go about life knowing that you just classified a whole group of women as this and a whole group of women as this, and you're calling them all bitches within a circle? How do you do that? How do you open yourself up to have this asinine idea that the best thing for me to do is to discard these people's situations and their emotions and their fear and their, 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 their truth, their bravery? How do you just discard them who came forward and announced this publicly that they were raped by this man? How do you discard that as, nah, that couldn't happen because you're ugly? How is that the best thing that came to your mind? Dude, you're a comedian. As a, as, a, as a fledgling comedian, I can tell you that your mind should always be working on the funniest thing to say, and that is never it. You can't get to that level where you're just, like, untouchable. There is not this level of untouchable. You can't do that. That is not... That is not nice. Really, let's just put it like that. I mean, it's misogynistic and it's stupid and it sets you back. And your career is pretty much X'd by... uh, I'd be shocked if you're not saying apologies by, like, tomorrow. And even then, you're on Michael Richard's status. 
I was just about to say that he'll be apologizing before the week's over with. If Keenan doesn't make him apologize, Kim will. And really, you have sisters. You have a wife. You have kids. You have daughters. How do you turn around to them and say if you got raped, you had it coming because you were rapable? How do you do that? And what people will point to, and I'm sure the defenders of Damon at the well, towards the end of that statement, he did say, you know, to the women that were actually raped. My heart go out to, goes out to them. Yeah, and he apologizes. Oh, yeah, but no. Um, for anyone who was raped by Bill Cosby, I'm sorry, and I hope you get justice, end quote. However, he wasn't done attacking. Once again, calling women bitches and wondering why Cosby will rape a drugged woman, saying, quote, what's the joy of banging someone that's asleep? You know, he does have a point there based on the fact that when my wife is asleep, she's like, you know, if you if you're if I'm asleep and you feel it, you can go ahead and just and they show those pictures on Facebook and everything. And the woman with the big booty, like a, a color a cartoon drawing of one with a big booty who's arched her back into a dude and she's asleep. And they ask, what do you do in this situation? And a lot of dudes type out, well, I'll just finger her until she wakes up and then I'll give it to her. I'll just eat her until she wakes up and then I'll give it to her. I'll just kiss the back of her neck until she wakes up and then I'll give it to her. And me personally, I'm like, I'm going to leave her the fuck alone. And that's even my wife. I just feel skeevy about the whole thing. Like, if I'm asleep, I'm asleep. That means I am not under control of my faculties. I am asleep. You know how I know I'm not in control of my faculties when I'm asleep? Because I drool. You too. Nobody (laughs) in control of their faculties wants spit to come out the side of their mouth and drench their pillow. Nobody. You know when that happens to you? When you're under anesthetic. When you're under anesthesia. That's when you start drooling and all that kind of stuff. That's like, look, look, look. Let's do it like this, fellas. Let's let's change the narrative just a little bit. Since I can control the narrative, let's change it. Let's change it from she's asleep. And let's change it to she just got out of surgery for her wisdom teeth. They put her under using anesthetic and using laughing gas. She arches her butt to you. What do you do? You know she's knocked out. When I was a kid, not even when I was a kid, when I was 20, yeah, when I was a kid, Kill Bill came out. And in Kill Bill, there was a guy named Buck who drove a truck. And he liked the fuck. And Bill worked in a hospital where uh, the bride, Beatrice Kiddo, was in a coma after getting shot up by all of her old hitman friends. And she had been in a coma for like years. And Buck would uh, let people pay him to come in there and have sex with her while she was in this coma. And at one point, Buck said, um, sometimes her cooch gets dry as a bucket of sand. So when that happens, just use this Vaseline and you'll be just fine. Oh, and she's an involuntary spitter. So if she spits at you, just don't worry. She's still asleep. She's in a coma. And he's lining people up to have sex with her and getting money. He's prostituting out this woman in a coma. Would you be okay with that? Huh? She's in a coma. Are you okay with that? Getting yours right there? What? Why not? Well, if you're off Quaaludes, 
they will have you in a state that is kind of like that. It's going to put you down. You're not going to be able to move, resist, fight back, nothing. It puts you there. Are you okay with that? Is this going through your mind? Are you okay with that? Would you slowly arch your middle finger up and try and like rub her or something? Are you okay with that? If you are, you're a nasty piece of shit. You're a, you're you're an evil bastard. And and Damon Wayans, you are too. I really don't have any jokes for it. I don't have anything. I'm just disappointed. I haven't felt this way since CeeLo Green was talking about raping women. And I don't understand why these black men keep having to think that it is their place to speak up and talk about how to subvert ladies. How to take control of ladies. What to do in this situation with ladies. And then go back home to their wives and just... Act like nothing happened. I think what we need to get, I mean, the bottom line is this. Let's just say, let's say out of, out of the 40 women that have accused Cosby of rape, let's say 39 of them are lying and one of them is telling the truth. Cosby is still wrong and he's still a fucking idiot. Exactly. Like, so yeah, okay, maybe some of them are lying. Maybe some of them are out for the, the notoriety, whatever it is. But I'm pretty sure, and I'm willing to bet a lot, that not all 40 of these women are lying about what happened with them in Cosby. Exactly. You know, it's just, we just got to get to the point. And I think as, as even as bad as Cosby has treated black people in the past, how critical he has been of the youth, all of that stuff, black people still have this, they don't want to let him go. They're trying to hold on to Dr. Huxtable. And, you know, it. we just got to come to the grips that Cosby raped women. It's that it, it, it is what it is, and there's no defending that. And I guarantee you, yeah, Cosby's probably got one foot in the grave now, but Cosby's never gonna come out anytime soon before he doesn't say, Yes, I did this, I was wrong. He's not gonna do that. It's not, no, the statute of limitation is gone, there's really nothing they can do to him. Cosby probably just fall back, and and we won't hear much from him anymore. You know, if he came out and admitted to it, you know, maybe, but. <clears throat> We just got to understand that this is who this man was. This is part of his past. It's part of who he is. And we got to let it go. <laughs> but while he's going to fade off into obscurity because he's an old man who's going to die really soon. Yeah. You still got all of these young black people, men and ladies, who are just lining up to cape for this dude. And it's like, what is your goal for this? What exactly are you trying to do? Are you currying favor? Are you trying to uh, be different? Are you trying to show support? Are you trying to show that you're loyal? This isn't a good idea. And, it's not. And he's our beloved Dr. Huxtable. He's an he, actor. He, he's Yeah, but he was that guy. He was the, you know, he was a different... Before the Cosby came on the air, there we didn't see families like that on TV. So we fell in love with him. This was, oh, this was new to us. He's he's such this great guy, this great father. So now that he's being accused of being a rapist, like, no, not Dr. Huxtable. 
And I think that's the other problem. A lot of people can't separate Bill Cosby from that fictional character he played on TV. Exactly. Heathcliff Huxtable probably wouldn't have raped the women, but Bill Cosby did. And Bill Cosby, when he left that set and put that script down, he was Bill Cosby. He was not Dr. Huxtable. We we can't see him like that every day. Exactly. You know? And it still speaks volumes to me that... Um Lisa Bonet still isn't speaking about it. You heard she, uh, her daughter came out last week and said that, you know, this was through her daughter, of course, but said she was extremely disgusted with him. And, um, you know, and I'm pretty sure that's all Lisa's going to say. So they've never had a real great relationship since she left the show. Exactly. You know, I mean, none of the cast has really spoken out about it. You know, we saw we went and saw Sinbad a few weeks ago. He came here to Baltimore, did a set, and Sinbad is hilarious, by the way. But he didn't touch on it either. He left it alone, and people wanted him to talk about it. He he chose not to speak on it. He did do it. He did an interview with the Bex Breakfast Club as well uh, a couple months ago. Great interview, and he just said that all he said was, "That's not the Cosby I know." See, and that's all that needs to be said. Yeah. If you want to stand up for somebody, that's all you got. Hey, let's put it like this. <clears throat> Hey, dog. Hey, hey, dog. Hey, nigga. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, you hear what happened to Red last week? No, what happened to Red last week? Nigga, Red went into his baby mama house and found his baby mama ate the last few bites of his potato chips, so he left out the house and choked her dog. Nah, nigga. Yeah, man, Red did that. And also, I heard the Red has been slapping his girl, been slapping her son, been slapping her mama, been slapping everybody. He's slapping everybody out here. Red has been going crazy, nigga. You got to really see it. Nah, man, that ain't the Red I know. That's really all you got to say. You don't have to go too much further into it. I have friends right now on, well, I have Facebook friends, internet compatriots, podcast people that are going through it right now with one another. And if somebody were to ask me my opinion on one or the other, I'd be like, they're good people. That's my whole insight on it. I'm not going to step on anybody because I don't know people good enough to know their whole story. Now with my wife, I might be able to tell you a little bit more. And with my children, I'd be able to tell you a little bit more. And with myself, I'd be able to tell you everything because I'm me and I'm with me all the time. But the less that I really see you, the less I can really say. So the less I'm going to say in defense or in attack of you. And that's something that I learned over the course of years. You know, it's come with time. That I don't have to speak up on everything. I don't have to get involved in every bashing. I don't have to get involved in every burning. I don't have to get involved in every argument. I can just say they're good people to me. You know, just leave it at that. But in a situation like this, just shut the fuck up. And I'm I'm struggling to find a connection between Damon Wayans and Bill Cosby. I am. No connection. Marlon, Marlon did an interview... Um, with the Breakfast Club, maybe three months ago, they the whole Cosby thing came up. He said that the, the relationship between Cosby and the Wayans has been very strained for years because Cosby has been very critical of them and the type of comedy they do. He was not a fan of In Living Color. He had a lot of harsh things to say about the Wayans brothers. Well, all of them, to be exact. So he Especially said that. <laughs> What did Kim do? <laughs> that when the Saints go walking in on, when the Saints go marching in on, I'm gonna get you, sucker. I just, I, I just, it, it was such, it was so well done, horribly that it was just like, <sighs> the Saints. 
I mean, Kim Wayans is a wonderful uh, actress. It's just that one thing. Oh, every time I hear, every so, time I hear it, my my face just folds up. But please continue. They don't have a lot of reason to stand up for Cosby, but Marlon even said himself, he just doesn't. You know, his thing is, why would Cosby have to rape anybody? But again, my defense to that is, I'm sure a lot of men who rape women could get some if they wanted it. There's just something about raping women that is, you know, there's some kind of malfunction they have. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a power thing. Rape women, like, oh, they must not be able to get any. I don't necessarily think that's the case. It's a power thing. And, and Bill Cosby has always been a powerful person. So, I mean, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors for him. I don't know what goes on behind open doors for him. I don't know the dude. So I'm not going to cape for him. If he did this on my block, he'd be the same asshole who did this behind closed doors as Bill Cosby. There's no delineation point for me, and I've always been that way. Like, if you do a crime, you just did a crime. I'm not going to stand up for you because, oh, well, he made me feel good for 10 years on TV where I was paying him for the services that he was providing. That's basically what Bill Cosby did, TV prostitution. Um, he provided a service. I paid him for it through uh, ratings and Nielsen votes and all that kind of stuff. That's not a relationship. And and all of these black folks were like, Bill Cosby was the only father I had. No, nigga. If you're going to say that, then let's be honest. The writers of the Cosby Show were the first black father you ever had. Let's let's just put it out there. Let's let's keep it one hundred. Whoever wrote it, and when I saw the unsung Hollywood of a different world, I was shocked to find out just how many white people wrote a different world. Yep. There's a good chance that a white person was your black father throughout the eighties. And if you look back on those first two episodes of Different World, and uh, I guess from my trained eye now, you can tell white people wrote those first couple of years of a different world because mm-hmm. it's horny as shit. Mm-hmm. So, it wasn't until they brought Debbie Allen on that you noticed a change in it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna posit that those same people who were working for a different world probably came from the Cosby Show. So the person that you guys are looking up to and everything, like, oh yeah, he and really, what did he do? He danced when the guy said challenge. He made his kids pay rent and pay for food in the, in the house. I'm really trying to think of what Bill Cosby did that stood out to me. And maybe it's because I got a daddy. I'm not trying to sound dismissive. I'm not trying to diss any of y'all. But maybe it's because I had a dad who was sitting right next to me while I was watching this dude on TV. But it never really clicked to me like Bill Cosby is the archetype of what a father should be. I don't even think it was just Cosby. I think it was that family as a whole, the way they were portrayed on TV. Before that, we hadn't seen a black family. Very true. You know, what did we grow up watching? Good times. They were struggling to keep their head above water. You know, we had Sanford and Son. You know, Sanford was a a decent father to Lamont, but he called him a dummy all the time. And, (laughs) you know, it, it treated Esther like crap and... I mean, but you look at a lot of black shows before that. That was the first time we had seen a family that well off and and for the most part had very good kids. They were doctors and lawyers. We hadn't seen anything like that. I think that's why black people, hell, not even black people, white people hadn't seen anything like that. And it made for good television. It did. It It did. But I don't know. 
white people out there that don't think Cosby did it. I mean, I've seen white people caper for Cosby. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I know, but that's more because, like I said, it's the same way that we look at him as, or it's how people look at him as the black father. A lot of white people look at him as one of the good ones. Exactly. Oh, no, there's no way. He played Heathcliff, and he played with Sidney Poitier, and he did Leonard Six. I mean, just based off Leonard Six, I believe that nigga raped everybody. <laughs> Let's keep it real. Just based off that one movie by itself. I'm not even talking about Ghost Dad. Let's just keep it 100. Ghost Dad was the shit. When that, hey, the, the, I still tell people I will reach for this phone and choke you out like Ghost Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, if, if you're a fan, you're a fan. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say not to be a fan. I'm just saying have logic. Do not step out and denigrate these women to push on an idea that may or may not work for you. Um, I don't know if Damon Wayans should be the archetype of saying these things because clearly he's not able to formulate his thoughts well enough. This is not when every one of your defenders is coming out and saying something stupid something that is just hot take something that is just gonna hurt you in the long run wouldn't you just tell him to shut up if I got Damon Wayans coming up and defending me and I didn't like Damon's family in the first place actually you know what in hindsight maybe Damon's trying to sink Bill Cosby but if I had Damon coming up and speaking for me I'd call Damon's dad up and be like you need to tell your son to shut the fuck up don't ever speak for me again. Matter of fact, say my name, Bill Cosby. That's the last time my name better come out of your mouth. And we also have to look at the platform where he said that at. We're talking about the Breakfast Club here. Their co-host, Charlemagne the God, he did the same thing that Damon Wayne said on this show. Charlemagne has said over and over and over and over and over again since this whole Cosby thing broke. Charlemagne agreed with everything he had to say. And that's the thing Charlemagne has pushed since day one. So that type of rhetoric has been said on that show on a constant basis. See, you know, and here's the thing about Charlemagne. There's some white folks out here in my area uh, named Rob, Arnie, and Don. And they constantly, every time that a black person dies, they constantly come up with the all lives matter. And uh, when Trayvon Martin died, they were quick to call him a thug. And Michael Brown, they were quick to call him a thug. And they're supporters of cops and all that kind of stuff. And when I realized what their rhetoric was, where they were leaning, they're right leaning. They, they say that they're not leaning anywhere, but clearly they're leaning conservative. I stopped listening to them. Their mindsets don't vibe with mine. I don't listen to Charlemagne because I'm not on that coast, you know. But I think I would have not listened to him at the point where he started saying these things. Because it sounds like he's a shock jock. And I don't I don't know. I've never heard the dude except for when he was on there with Ray J and Ray J was talking about apologizing and all that kind of stuff. That's literally the only time I could think of that I've actually heard Charlemagne. Charlemagne is a shock jock. Charlemagne to me is not, I don't find him very funny actually. Um, but it works for the market he's in because mm -hmm. if you listen to the listeners of that show when they call in, most of them agree with everything that comes out of Charlemagne's mouth. And that's they, the same thing that's happening out here with Rob, Arnie, and Don. They're agreeing their listeners are agreeing with them wholeheartedly so you'll get 
on this radio station some of the most racist thoughts because they're all in agreement with what the hosts are saying. <sighs> By the way, um, Damon Wayne spent the weekend defending his comments about women uh, who have accused Bill Cosby of sexual assault, saying his online critics had taken his live radio remarks in which he called them unrapeable and part of a money hustle out of context. Stop twisting my words, he said on Twitter with a link to the brief segment of the interview in which he expressed sympathy for Cosby victims. But that short clip was taken from a lengthy discussion on Friday with the host of The Breakfast Club. It began with the host asking Wayans what advice he'd give Cosby. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then the whole story again. I just want to say this real quick. Um, there's no support here a bill that's it I don't think my wife I don't think my kids I don't think well luckily my kids and them don't really know too much about Bill Cosby but there's not so Michael, go ahead and uh, give your shout-outs. Tell them where they can find you at. All right. You guys can find me on... You can check our website out at somethingincommon.com. That's S-O-M-E-T-H-I-N-I-N-C-O-M-M-O-N.com. Yes, I know that website is long as shit, but you can thanks my wife. You can also email us at Mike and Kim at somethingincommon.com, and that's 
Kim with the Y, K Y M. We are on Twitter, also at Something in Common, and Facebook at Something in Common. So check us out there. You can find links to the show, which are also posted on the website. And I would love to give a shout out to my lovely wife, Kimberly Nicole, and my boy Rashani for having me back. I truly enjoy these sessions, sir. Me too. <laughs> so to Ricky L. Hines. Yeah, that's right. truly a good guy. I like Ricky. Yeah, me too. It's good people. He's an asshole. He's an admitted asshole. <laughs> Most of us are. It's just it. some folks are just more loath to admit it than others. Yes. Um, and I do want to send a shout out to Chris Stevens, a.k.a. CJ Starchild on Twitter. I just finished reading his book uh, called Brothers Luncheon. Uh, on It's available on Amazon.com. It's $5. Uh, and it's about a group of friends, four brothers, uh, four best friends who uh, meet up every Friday for lunch and talk about the situations that they're going through in their lives and their lives. Um, it's about a guy named stack and a guy named Jamal stack is a guy who uh, has always had trouble with women. Um, and with, uh, getting women to like him, he's had a lot of situations where women would act like they liked him and then go off with his friend. So as a result, he's untrusting of women. He's actually become quite the misogynist. Um, Jamal, uh, is a guy who has a, uh, fiance, but he is very controlling and domineering with her. No abuse or anything, just very controlling in the, in his approach to her. Uh, stack is a former basketball pro basketball player who is now a PE teacher and the situation that he goes through. And then Brian is a guy who has a uh, past event that happened in his life that keeps him from being able to uh, be openly intimate with um, the ladies in his life, the ladies he has relationships with. Um, CJ, for those of y'all who don't know, does a podcast called All Subjects Everything. Um, it comes on every Wednesday on Block Talk Radio. Um, and the book is just, it grabs you and it just holds you. And I know that there's folks out there who love to read. Rachel, I know you're out there. Um, and so I am imploring each and every one of y'all to go ahead and check out that book. It is, again, called Brothers Luncheon. Not lunching, luncheon. Luncheon is an East Coast terminology for somebody who is wilding out. Jokes are cracked and 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 joning and put downs and all that kind of stuff happens when you are luncheon. And so at these lunches that the that these fellas go to together, they inevitably end up lunching on one another. Hence the name of the book. Um, I found it to be a quick read. Like I picked it up on Monday. And I would have had to finish on Monday evening, but I had, I actually had real work to do at work and same thing on Tuesday, but on Wednesday, I actually opened it up completely and read through it by Wednesday evening. I was done. The review was written on Amazon and everything. I just advise people. We always talk about showing support. We always talk about support your own and all that kind of stuff in the world of podcasting. Well, this is a good guy who's written a really good book. And trust me, writing a book is much more difficult than doing a podcast. So go ahead and go on Amazon. Uh, go ahead and hit him up. He's on Twitter as at CJ Starchild. Um, and check out the book. 
you won't regret it. I guarantee it. And if you got a girl who likes to read, if you got a guy who likes to read, go ahead and let them check it out too. You'll really enjoy it. Um, this single simulcast, your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, uh, voicemail number is 916-572-9016. Uh, email address is single simulcast at gmail.com. Um, fat man, go ahead and spin the beats. We out. Peace. Now, what advice would you give Bill Cosby now? If you could tell him, this is what you need to do. (laughs) (laughs) No, tell the truth. If I was him, I I would divorce my wife, wink, wink, give her all my money. And then I would go to a deposition. I'd light one of them three hour cigars. I have me some wine and maybe a quaalude. (laughs) And I would just go off. Because I don't believe that he was raping. I think he was in relationships with all of them. Mm. And then he's like, you know what? It's 78. It don't work no more. I can't get it up for any of y'all. Bye, bitches. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh, really? Rape. Because, I mean, so you think he had 40 50 years. Year relationships? 40 years. You Listen, how big is his penis that... It give you amnesia for 40 years. Well, no. In all fairness, some women did come out previously. <laughs> some women did, did huh? go ahead previously and come out and, and give their stories. And we didn't hear. There's a couple of them right. that did, you know, decades, a couple of decades ago. So yeah, but he you, never was charged with anything. Right. But if you listen to them talk, they go, well, the, the first time, it, the first time, bitch, how many times did it happen? Yeah. Just listen to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And some of them really is unrapeable. When you look, I look at them and go, no, what? you don't want that. Get out of here. But I, but I, <laughs> go on, get you. Get up, get out of here. No, but I and understand then, the dynamics well, of, 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 of people. They might have been hot in their younger days. <laughs> no, you <laughs> can tell, dude. Some of, the, some of them are models like and actresses. But I understand the dynamic of people saying, well, why were you alone with him? Or why were you in that room? Or why did you go upstairs with him? And then people people look at you in a certain way and you're like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe that's my fault. Look, look, I understand fame. I've lived it. Women will throw themselves at you. They want, you know, they just want to be in your presence. There's some that innocently will come up there, but not 40-something women. They're not that naive. He's talking about in 19... What, 65, he just walked in someone's dressing room and, and put his penis in their mouth? But then people are also looking at Bill Cosby and the persona that he has of, like, a mentor. Oh, I'm going to help you with your career. I'm, some of them were on the Cosby show and would come into his dressing room. Now, you know what Bill said. Cosby did wrong? <laughs> he started criticizing young black men. Yep. And then he lost us. Yep. And <laughs> so we're not supporting him. And they see that opening. And so now, you know what? Attack him. Kill him. But the dude from Seventh Heaven, his show's still on TV. Yeah, that's, that's very true what you said because Woody what, Allen's making uh, shows for yep. and movies for. Ain't nobody. Hey, if it was my daughter, then I would have killed Bill Cosby. But at but being just sitting back looking at it, I just go, I I just don't believe this. I that, think it's a money hustle. What you say is true because social media, we're the loudest on social media, and social media is what really reignited that flame. 
back of Hannibal Barris. That was Hannibal Barris. I wonder how he feels being the dude that destroyed Bill Cosby. He should be if, if Bill Cosby died, he should be charged with accessory to murder. <laughs> shut up, man. <laughs> shut up. But I always tell accessory to murder. But I always tell you all the time. I always yeah. tell you the story because I, I think and for them to make jokes like that, that's something that was kind of like well known. You know, people heard that about Bill Cosby. I remember when I was really young, my mom told me that she knew somebody that uh, Bill Cosby had drugged. And she told me that when I was a little kid. She brought that back up, too. But it was a story that had always floated around. That's why I think... But here's the thing. Bill I don't Cosby, know if I believe every single fifth of the 50 women, but I do believe that there's some... There may be. And, and for them, my heart goes out to them. For anybody who was raped by Bill Cosby, I'm sorry. And I hope you get justice. You other bitches, look, he gave me two pills. Ain't nobody... He's, he wasn't a doctor back then yeah, when they talked about he, he gave them really two pills. Yeah. It's like that was the drug of choice. Like Molly's is the drug of choice now. You know, like people do that <clears throat> to get in the mood. You know, I, I just, I don't. So I maybe the girls believe. never I told am, him no, but they never told him yes either. He got him drunk. Or they woke up. And, lose, but yeah. what's the joy of sleeping, you know, b- banging somebody who's asleep? Gotta ask Bill. Well, and you know, people people have done that. The date rape drug has been a popular thing, you know. So, Bill, if you out there, what is the? I don't know. <laughs> what, about, what do you think about Hannibal Burr? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be him. I know because you know he. The thing is, he. You know, I watch his show, and I don't think he. Um, it's premature in terms of his success mm-hmm. right now. They're putting him out there because you know. He's the guy who outed Bill Cosby. He's the guy that outed Bill Cosby, and he wasn't ready for prime time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So hopefully, maybe he'll get it. You know, he'll he'll catch it. But I don't feel it right now. And I, you know, I I wouldn't want to be someone to take down my hero. I think we need heroes, and I think that we need to be more supportive until we know for sure, for sure, because ain't no charges against him. You know, innocent till proven guilty. Not in this day and age. Not, not with day. social yeah, media. Guilty you're by, guilty you're, until Twitter. You guilty when Twitter <laughs> says you you're guilty. Right. And they don't ever. They 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 never retract what they say. Nope. They just put that on you. You know that's a that's a heavy one to carry around. Have this, you this, ever had an incident where a woman accused you of something? Never. That you, never. This. Look at well, me. Well, I mean, anything. Me. I mean, you know, anything could happen. A woman could be like, "Oh, no. I told him no." Or I keep my drawers on. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, had a ba- you never had a baby pinned on you. Never. I mean, black, black man can get some. Probably. That's what I'm saying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, and that's how I feel about Bill. I'm like, Bill, did Bill really have to rape women? It's Bill Cosby. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, he's stressed out. I see he's stressed out. All them raises on his face. He ain't had them like a year ago. His eye don't work no more. His eye is leaking. It's like, wow. <laughs> but I want him to come out. I want to hear him say it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He's articulate enough to just. Tell the truth, you know, have that conversation with Camille and tell her the truth and then tell us the truth, because this is not how your legacy should, you know, end. Maybe Camille's been drugged all these years. Ah, she's beautiful. (laughs) I love her. Two quay lose a day. Now you're going to be at Caroline's all weekend long tonight, 730 and 10.
This is Single Simulcast. Don't nobody out in the city.